Welcome to another presentation of The Word of God with Father Reed Henserling at All Saints Episcopal Church in Lakeland, Florida. We are looking at the 17th Sunday after Pentecost, the 17th Sunday after Pentecost. Now remember, Pentecost is the day that we celebrate the coming down of the Holy Spirit upon the people that were gathered in the upper room. Remember Jesus in Acts chapter 1 told them to wait for the gift that my Father has promised. And this was the beginning of the church and the empowering of Christians to follow Jesus. And they needed the power of the Holy Spirit. And in our liturgical calendar, which begins in Advent, which is usually at the end of November or the beginning of December, depending on when Christmas falls, where Christmas falls, Christmas Day falls, we have the first Sunday of Advent. But prior to that, we have the second half of the season, which is after Pentecost. And that season usually runs about May or June till the end of November. All right, we're in the 17th Sunday. Now, we are going to look at three different scriptural readings in the Old Testament. We're looking at the book of the prophet Hosea. Now, Hosea is the first of the minor prophets which is the last 12 books of the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, there are 39 books. The last 12 are the minor prophets. The major prophets come before that, and they are Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and Daniel. So we'll be looking at Hosea 2 through Hosea 11. In the New Testament, we'll be looking at the book of Acts, chapter 20, and 21, and 22. And in the book of Luke, Luke chapter 5, and Luke chapter 6. All right? So we're journeying with Jesus in Luke 5 and 6. We are ending our time with Paul in Acts chapter 20 and 21, and we are looking at the book of Hosea. All right, Lord God, bless our time today and bless those who listen to this teaching and especially bless us as we read the Word of God. Amen. Now, the key, folks, is to listen and read the Word of God on a regular and daily basis. Be consistent. Read your scriptures. I would suggest that you read the lectionary readings as I'm proposing them to you today. And also read the Sunday lectionary readings. Those are the readings that your church will provide for you on that weekend of services. At All Saints, they are located on the website, www.allsaintsweb.org. Now, God was having extraordinary problems with with the people uh, of uh, Israel, and he writes that in the chapter 1, verse 1. In the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah, and the days of jo- Jeroboam, king of Israel. Okay, so remember, the kingdom is not split yet. We have the kingdom to the north, which is Israel, and the kingdom to the south, which is Judah. And what's happened is that Israel has been extremely unfaithful and has been an adulterer, if you will. And God is showing 
Israel, their sin and their depravity, and using Hosea to marry a wife who was an adulteress and to have children in that way because the land in chapter 1, verse 2, commits great whoredom by forsaking the Lord. So he took Gomer, and she conceived and bore a son. And then she conceived again in verse 6 and bore a daughter. And the Lord was teaching the people of Israel a very, very important lesson. So as you're reading Hosea, we are in chapter 2 on Sunday and Monday. And there's a beautiful exposition in chapter 2 about the unfaithfulness of Israel and the seriousness of their crime. So what's the point? The point is our sin makes a big difference in our lives, and you and I want to not sin against the Lord. The other point that he makes is we appreciate, love, thank God for his mercy. He says in verse 14 of chapter 2, I allure her and bring her into the wilderness and speak tenderly to her. And so God is going to show mercy upon her. And I will have mercy on no mercy. And I will say not to my people, you are my people. And he shall say, you are my God. Verse 23 of chapter 2. Now the Lord in chapter 4 accuses Israel. This is Tuesday and Wednesday. Read verses 1 through 19. Read the whole chapter. Hear the word of the Lord, O children of Israel. So he starts out very strongly. There is no faithfulness, no steadfast love, no knowledge of God in the land. Chapter 4, verse 1. So we have a very serious problem here. There's swearing, there's lying, there's murder, there's stealing, there's committing adultery. The land mourns. And so God talks about judgment. He talks about sin. He talks about separation from himself. Okay? And he talks about what they're doing. So God knows what they're doing. Us, we are doing, I should say. Back to us again. And he is aware of that. And he shows us our sin. And we pray that he has mercy upon us. And that scripture is on Tuesday and Wednesday, chapter 4. On Thursday, we are looking at chapter 5 through 6-6. Six, 6-6 six. Six, six is a great scripture. You might highlight it. For I desire steadfast love and not sacrifice the knowledge of God rather than burnt offerings. What does God want from us? He wants steadfast love. What does he care for rather than burnt offerings? He wants us to have the knowledge of God. It is so important that you and I have the knowledge of God. So read 5, 8 through 6, 6. Come, let us return to the Lord, chapter 6, verse 1. For he has torn us that he may heal us. He has struck us down and he will bind us up. So the same God that judges and the same God that tears us apart and inflicts his wrath upon us is the same God that will save us, the same God that will heal us, and the same God that will give us hope and show us mercy and give us grace. It's quite an extraordinary thing to think about. On Friday is chapter 10. Israel is a luxuriant vine luxuriant vine and yields its fruit. The more its fruit increased, the more altars he built. As the country improved, he improved his pillars. Their heart is false. Again, he names what's going on. He says what's going on. Now they must bear their guilt. The Lord will break down their altars and destroy their pillars. So we're back to that idea. 
when we sin against the Lord, it is serious. When we do not do what he says, there are consequences. And then finally on Saturday, chapter 11, verses 1 through 9, he talks about the love of God for Israel. When Israel was a child, I loved him. Out of Egypt, I have called my son. The more they were called, the more they went away. They kept sacrificing to the Baals and burning offerings to idols. Yet it was I who taught Ephraim to walk. I took them up by their arms, but they did not know that I healed them. I led them with cords of kindness with the bonds, bands of love. It's just, again, beautiful language of this extraordinary relationship between Israel and God. Wrath, judgment, penalty, consequences, mercy, healing, repair, knowledge, teaching, grace, love. And so we have the steadfast love of God and the mercy of God who calls him to himself and forgives us. In Acts, so enjoy that um, this coming week. Acts chapter 20, Acts is dealing with the journeys of Paul. He speaks to the Ephesian elders in chapter 20. Again, a beautiful scripture, lots of teaching there. I could talk for an hour about the great teaching. And he says, I love verse 27, for I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. You know, that's what we're trying to do here at All Saints, declare the whole counsel of God. Be careful. Attend to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. I love that scripture. It's very much applicable to me to make sure that I'm taking care of the flock that God has given me. I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. So there's the power of the enemy. There's the power of those that are trying to destroy us. Okay? So chapter 20 is a beautiful chapter as Paul shares with us, again, some great theology, some great teaching. On Tuesday is chapter 21. Paul goes up to Jerusalem. Now, this is an interesting situation where Paul goes up to Jerusalem and uh, he gets arrested. And there are people that thought that he shouldn't have gone up there, that he should have circumvented Jerusalem. But he felt led by the Spirit to do that. And through the Spirit, they were telling Paul not to go up to Jerusalem, verse 4. But Paul felt he should go. He felt he should go, and so he did. But he does get arrested, and and so chapter 22, 23, 24 are about that long situation that happens there. So on Wednesday, we have Acts 21, 15 to 26. They go up to Jerusalem. Some of the disciples from Caesarea went with us, bringing us to the house of Manson of Cyprus, an early disciple with whom we shall lodge. And they went to Jerusalem, and the brothers received him gladly in verse 17. And he went to see James, who many thought was the bishop of Jerusalem. And they heard from him, and they spoke to him. But then he gets arrested, beginning on verse 27, verse 27 of chapter 21, which is Thursday's reading. The Jews from Asia, seeing him in the temple, stirred up the whole crowd. Men of Israel, help! This is the man who is teaching everyone everywhere against the people and the law in this place. He's even brought Greeks in the temple. So they're coming up with a, a way to impugn Paul and to have him arrested. 
And all the city was stirred up, and the people ran together, verse 30, and they seized Paul. They dragged him out of the temple, and at once the gates were shut. So they shut the gates of the city. And as they were seeking to kill him, kill him, word comes to the tribune of the cohort that all of Jerusalem was in confusion. He took soldiers and ran down to them, and they stopped beating Paul. Again, the grace of God. Again, the mercy of God. Again, the providence of God. Again, the idea that God's in charge. So he goes to Jerusalem against the advice of several of leaders, and he's arrested, falsely accused. The tribune came and arrested him and ordered him to be bound with two chains. What did you do? Verse 33. So the people were shouting, and... They wanted to kill him. They wanted to kill Paul. So on Friday, we have chapter 21, 37 to 22, 16. That's a long scripture. Paul was about to be brought in the barracks. He said to the tribune, verse 37, may I say something to you? He said, do you know Greek? Paul said, I'm a Jew from Tarshish in Sicilia, a a citizen of no obscure city. I beg you, permit me to speak to the people. So he motioned his hand, and he spoke to them on Saturday, chapter 22. I would encourage you to read chapter 22, 1 through 16, and then 17 to 29. Beautiful scripture. And so he again gives another rendition, the second rendition of chapter 9, what happened to him on the way to Damascus. Up to this word, they listened to him. Then they raised their voices in verse 22, away with him. He should not be allowed to live. The tribune ordered him to be brought into the barracks, saying that he should be examined by flogging to find out why they were shouting against him. And when they were getting ready to whip him, Paul said to the centurion, is it lawful for you to flog a man who is a Roman citizen and uncondemned? Now he's finally going to say something. The centurion heard this. He went to the tribune. What are you about to do? This man's a Roman citizen. You can't do that to a Roman citizen. So the tribune came and said to him, tell me, are you a Roman citizen? He said, yes. I bought this citizenship for a large sum, the tribune said. Paul said, I am a citizen by birth. So those who were about to examine him withdrew from him immediately, and the tribune also was afraid, for he realized that Paul was a Roman citizen and that he had bound him, which was illegal. He could have gotten in big trouble. So Paul goes to Jerusalem. He goes to see the brethren, James specifically. Remember, half-brother of Jesus, bishop of Jerusalem probably. He gets arrested on a trumped-up charge, and then he speaks to them in the first half of chapter 22 about his encountering Jesus. They don't accept it. They're going to kill him. The Romans come and save him by God's mercy. But he is a Roman citizen, and we'll pick that up next week. What's going to happen next? It's wonderful reading. In Luke chapter 5, we are in the Gospel of Luke. And for a couple of minutes here, I want you to read chapter 5 and chapter 6. Jesus has been tempted. He has, beginning his ministry, And we have several vignettes. On Monday, we're looking at the calling of the first disciples. How did Jesus start his ministry? As you know, he ended up with 12 men. How did that happen? 
He cleanses a leper, so the man is doing healing in chapter 5, 12 to 26. He heals a leper, and he heals a paralytic. Jesus is showing that he has tremendous, tremendous, miraculous gifts. He calls Levi... In chapter 5, verse 27, who is Matthew? Remember Matthew? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John fame. And he answers a question about fasting. On Thursday, we begin chapter 6 about him being the Lord of the Sabbath. So he's back to teaching again. So he's, he's healing and he's teaching. And they are amazed. And here's another healing with the man with the withered hand in verses 6 through 11. Now, as you're reading the scriptures, you want to listen to what God is saying to you. You want to identify somehow with Jesus and also the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the people that are in the story. You want to listen to the words that Jesus is giving to them. And you want to think about what that means for your own personal life. He continues in prayer in chapter 6, verse 12. And he calls the 12 disciples, and they're all listed there in chapter 6. And then what happens in verses 27 through 38 and verses 12 to 26, we begin the Beatitudes according to Luke. Now, Luke does not structure his Beatitudes like Matthew did in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. In Luke, it's in chapter 6 chapter 6. And you'll see very much of the same kind of thing that you see in Matthew. Now, some of the wording is very different, like the Beatitudes in chapter 5 are different in Matthew, in Matthew 5 to Luke chapter 6, beginning at verse 20. Loving your enemies in verse 27. Judging others in verse 37 and 38. So again, a beautiful teaching, miracles, beginning of his ministry, the words of Jesus, focus on them, meditate on them, pray about them as we journey with Jesus in the Gospel of Luke. Lord God, bless everybody this coming week in their study, in their learning, in their reading, in their prayer time, and in their reflection. Give them a desire to follow the word of the Lord and illuminate their reading so that Jesus may be glorified. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful week, and we'll see you next time.